Hello and welcome to the commentary for lesson 365. This is Hosea chapters 1 and 2. So I'm excited about the book of Hosea. It is a very deep account and beautiful and there is so much symmetry between the relationship between Hosea and his wife and Israel and God. And so that's the whole big picture of of Hosea, but I do want to set the stage a little bit um, and tell you that, you know, Hosea was a prophet to Israel, the northern kingdom, and it was during the reign of King Jeroboam II. Now, before this, Israel had many kings, and the last six were especially wicked. They taxed the people heavily, they oppressed the poor, they promoted idol worship, and basically just had a total disregard for God. Hosea was the last great prophet God sent to the northern kingdom before they were destroyed by Assyria. Okay, so we know that God often gave unusual, difficult tasks to his prophets. But the task he gave to Hosea was especially crazy, wasn't it? And it just gets right into it. In verse 2 says, When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. So, yeah, God is telling Hosea to marry a prostitute. Not only that, he's telling him it's not going to be a happily ever after situation. She will be unfaithful. And not just that she's going to slip up and have an affair, but she's going to go back to prostitution. Hosea had to be like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, I mean, here he was a faithful follower of God. And God is saying, you're to marry a prostitute. And by the way, she's going to be unfaithful. What did I do wrong? You know, I mean, he had to be wrestling with this, right? Um, Well, luckily, God does give him an explanation, but it's still highly unusual. As we continue on in verse 2. God says to Hosea, this will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. Okay, well, that explains it, but hold on a second, because this is a new dynamic of God that we haven't seen before. We know that God speaks to his people through prophets. We've read about how he uses dreams, visions, a burning bush pillars of smoke, all sorts of ways that God uses to get his point across to his people, right? But here, this is different. This is Hosea's life. Does God do that? Could Hosea's life itself be a prophecy? I mean, I I am baffled by that. I have to wrap my brain around that, and it's a concept that I can't quite fully grasp. Um, So my study Bible says that some people believe this is just a illustration and not a historical event. It does seem unusual, obviously, that God would ask anyone to marry a prostitute. Um, God's ideal design for marriage was that one man and one woman remain pure until marriage. So it is unusual. Leviticus 21.7 says that priests may not marry a woman defiled by prostitution. But Hosea was not a priest. He was a prophet. Um, Some people say that maybe the woman wasn't a prostitute when Hosea married her, but that she became one later on. 
Now, I think the reason for all this controversy and people having all these different ideas is they, they too have trouble wrapping their brain around why would God ask Hosea to marry a prostitute? So they're trying to find an excuse or they're trying to find something in the law or some way to say that this couldn't be what it seems. See, they're saying, okay, well, if she wasn't a prostitute when he married her, but later on she became one, that would make more sense to them. But that doesn't work because when you look back at the the original scripture, it's clear. God told him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. So clearly God is instructing Hosea to marry a prostitute and some of the children following their marriage would be born from prostitution. So it would have to be that she wasn't a faithful wife, right? Hosea, like I said, he had to be wrestling with this, but ultimately we do know that he was obedient to God. So he goes and he finds the woman of his dreams. I don't know. You know, you wonder what she looked like. You wonder how he found her. (laughs) Anyways, her name is Gomer. He goes off and marries her. I know it's a weird name. Poor thing. But you got to wonder what it was like as he was going to look for her. Did he go to a brothel? Did he go to the bad side of town? Or did God just like put her in his path somehow? The text doesn't really tell us that, but it does give us information. Obviously, they did get married and they do have children. And we see again that God is naming babies, right? So God names the children and he gave them names that were important and had prophetic meaning. By the way, I am compiling all this information as we go. I'm making two lists that um, the list of babies who God names before birth, actually before conception, before birth, and then after birth. I'm just kind of keeping track of it to see if there's a pattern. If if there's any anything significant or interesting that comes of that, I will definitely share it with you. But anyway, so back to, okay, verse three says, So Hosea marries Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. So, so far, so good. She goes from a prostitute to being married. Now that alone, let's think about this. That alone is huge. Okay, if you can say that it's rare for people now to marry prostitutes, imagine back then how rare it was. So she had a shot at restoring her reputation at living a respectable life. She was not just being offered a hand in marriage by just some random guy. I mean, this is Hosea, prophet of God. From a prostitute to the wife of Hosea is no small thing. So they get married. They have a child. Everything seems to be on the up and up. And they and the Lord said, verse four, name the child Jezreel, for I am about to punish King Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed at Jezreel. Now, if you're like me, I was like, what? <laughs> so let's look at the backstory on this. Okay, remember the bad King Ahab of Israel? Well, the prophet Elijah had predicted that Ahab's family would be destroyed because of their wickedness. And then God used Jehu to carry out that task, but Jehu took it too far basically. If you want to find that story, it's in 2 Kings chapter 10. So Jehu's dynasty would also be punished in the Jezreel Valley, the very place where he carried out the massacre of Ahab's family. 
So we have we are seeing um, prophecy being fulfilled here. Okay, so back to the kids. Gomer and Hosea get married, have a kid. Then they have a daughter sometime later. We don't know how long it was. Verse 6 says, Soon Gomer became pregnant again and gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, Name your daughter Lo-Rahama, not love, for I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them, but I will show love to the people of Judah. So again, they have another child. This daughter, it's clearly Hosea's daughter because it says, And the Lord said to Hosea, Name your daughter. So it's all still good. Right? They're married. They're having kids, just like any other couple, although something's stewing in her. Right? She was a prostitute. She's given a chance to lead a respectable, redeemed, beautiful life with a prophet of God. But inside, she must not be feeling it. Okay, verse 8. After Gomer weaned Lo-Rahama, she again became pregnant and gave birth to a second son. And the Lord said, Name him Lo-Am-I, not my people, for Israel is not my people, and I am not their God. So notice something here. Okay, we know that the first and second children were definitely Hosea's, right? But here, there is no clear indication that this is Hosea's child. Look at the meaning of the name, not my people. That's a big clue. Also in chapter 2, we see the heading um, is charges against an unfaithful wife. And then verses 4 and 5 say, And I will not love her children, for they were conceived in prostitution. Their mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. So somewhere between the second child and the third child, Hosea's wife returned to prostitution. Wrap your brain around that because for a prostitute to get the opportunity to marry and have a respectable life, and maybe it wasn't such a respectable life. Maybe people in the town were like, we know what you were. Maybe the, maybe she felt soiled. Everyone knew what she used to be and and everyone else had trouble accepting her new identity too. But clearly she did not accept her identity. She was given a fresh start. She was made pure again when she put on that dress. She took her vows and she got married. But see, God, even when he gives us every opportunity to become pure and whiter than snow, he's not going to force us. We have free will and our sinful nature often will pull us back into the mud. And obviously that's what happened to her. So I think she had trouble accepting her new identity. And maybe she felt that underneath that pretty dress was just a broken girl who was dirty and ruined. Is this a trust issue? Maybe when she had the transaction of marriage with Hosea, she sought more of um, servant and master than husband and wife. She was a prostitute after all. So that would make sense that she would have trouble, you know, seeing herself in the position of a wife and understanding what that kind of a relationship looks like, what the consistent, dependable love of a good man would be like. She didn't know. That was foreign to her. So 
My study Bible says, The people of Israel have sinned against God as an adulterous woman sins against her husband. Judgment was sure to come, both for Gomer and for Israel. So if she saw him, Hosea, as her master instead of her husband, and she still felt dirty inside, she didn't accept her new identity. And that tells us that she also did not have a relationship with God. She didn't know God. Because if she knew God, then he could reassure her that she was clean and pure now, and she didn't. We also know that this was all part of God's plan, so you have that. But look at look ahead to something really beautiful. This is Hosea chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. God says, But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there, as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from captivity in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. So you can see the symmetry there between Israel and God and Gomer and Hosea. Wow. So can I just get real for a minute? In my life, it's been difficult for me to express how grateful I am that God knew I was damaged, but he pursued me anyways, and he restored that broken girl. I know that I have a new identity in Christ. I know who I am now, and I'm not going to go back to the mud. I think that's why I feel so passionate about young women, that, you know, I just want to shake them by the shoulders and say, you know, do you not know who you are? It's like I'm talking to myself, right? You are unique. You are beautiful. You are loved. Gomer isn't feeling it. She goes back to the mud, just as Israel will go back to sinning against God. And God will turn his back on Israel for a time and show his love to the people of Judah instead. But God, in all his mercy, always leaves us with a hope and a future. That's a beautiful thing. And from a girl who was very broken and got that restoration, not just that he helped me turn my life around, but I have the assurance that I am unique and beautiful and loved and that God has redeemed me and restored me. And so I know who I am, like I said, and I will not go back to that mud. But she didn't know that. So she went back. But there's hope. So I just love how the story, it'll go back and forth on that. (coughs) But I just love God's mercy here. Um, If you love the story of Hosea, I want to point you to a couple of resources. I think I've talked about this before. My absolute favorite book as far as a chapter book or a novel is called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. I highly recommend it. It's based loosely on the story of Hosea, on the account of Hosea, and it fills in the blanks basically. It helps you kind of get in her head a little bit and you know as someone who's never been a prostitute sometimes it's hard to imagine why would she give it all up and go back? Is she stupid? No, she's defiled and she knows it and this 
whole husband and respect and love thing is foreign to her. She's like a fish out of water. So she just goes back to what she knows. And that's our sinful nature. That's what we do. But anyways, that book is awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. Also, I've done a women's Bible study. It's a Lifeway Bible study called Hosea, and it's by Jennifer Rothschild. And if you want to dig deep into that and make it personal, that's a good way to do it with a group of friends. Um, As so often happens when I do my women's studies, I sign up for them. Really, I'll be honest, a lot of times I just want the fellowship because I really love the ladies that are um, in these groups at my church. And I'll see the book and I'll think, Hosea, okay, it's about Gomer, this wife that's a prostitute. Well, I don't really identify with that character, but I take the class because I know that, you know, God will have something for me in it. Well, by the end of week two, all of us women were saying, oh my gosh, I didn't think I was a Gomer, but I'm so a Gomer. (laughs) I return to the mud all the time. I forget the promises that God has given me. I forget my identity in Christ. I forget who I am. I forget that I am unique and beautiful and loved. So that is definitely, Jose is a beautiful reminder to women that even if you're not a prostitute, even if you've been generally a good girl, we all have our stuff that we feel insecure about, things that we maybe know we've done wrong and and, uh, we just, we get trapped in our own insecurities because of it. And we don't have to do that. We don't have to live like that. So that's it for today. I hope you all have a great day. I will talk to you soon.